Have you noticed the correlation between high gas prices and falling NFT prices? That was actually the opposite case during the bull market. However, during the recent spike of gas prices, a lot of people would say the bull market must have returned. But that is not the case, at least not for NFTs. It is officially meme coin season and NFTs are taking a beating. So today we're going to discuss why that is. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So a few things were characterized by the bull market, or I should say a few things characterized the bull market. First and foremost, we saw that the NFT was considered the product. That was what everyone was excited about, not necessarily seeing it as a technology, but that was the end all be all. These projects were selling NFTs and that was their main revenue source. And the royalties was something that was built in to create the perpetual income. And that was how everything was supposed to be built in the future. During that time, there was more demand for NFTs. And as the demand increased, of course, the price increases. Supply and demand, that is how the free market works. But then on Ethereum especially, the higher the demand equaled more transactions and more transactions led to higher gas fees. And in case you're not familiar with the way the whole this thing works, is that the more transactions that are happening on the network at a particular time, then there is going to be more fees paid to those validators and those nudes to process that transaction. That is how the whole system goes. So Ethereum, as we know, if you've been in the space for any amount of time, does not scale very well. That is why there's different layers and so forth, but Ethereum is the most basic one, easy one to get onto, and of course, that was the first one with the smart contracts, and that's where NFTs really became popular. Now, once we came to the bear market, a few things were very obvious during that time. We started to realize that NFTs were just the tech. It was not the product. We weren't buying the NFTs per se, but we we're using the technology to deliver whatever good or service or community or whatever it might be, and it's not necessarily that anything labeled NFT was valuable. Also, the streams of income had to be very different for these projects. They actually had to figure out how they were real businesses, whether that meant having conferences, having education, having other products, creating content and token-gating them and selling subscriptions or fees or whatever it might be. And of course, the whole royalty debate came crashing down with Blur and all these other marketplaces that were not honoring royalties. And we found out that it was not built into the NFT itself, but it was written into the contract so that way the marketplaces would then honor them. So once that was off the table, that's when a lot of projects really started to crumble and fall apart because they had no real business model. They didn't have the leadership in place and they didn't necessarily know how to do all of that. And that's something that we talk about all the time on the show. So I'm not going to go into all of that. But then, of course, low demands, then low prices. Supply and demand, just as we spoke about. And of course, the fear of everything that was going on. Everyone is pulling out their money. They don't know what's going to happen with the economy. There's inflation. There's higher interest rates. And people are starting to say, you know what? This might be a good idea to park my money in cash, put it into a money market account or a CD or something of that nature. Get some high yield. It's not the most sexy thing, but it is a lot safer and more comforting, lets me sleep a lot better than knowing that crypto can crash, I don't know, 30, 40% overnight. So that's what people decided to do. And all those factors is what characterized what was going on. But over the last three weeks, something very interesting started to happen. The price of crypto was going up, but most importantly, what we were seeing, especially within the NFT community, the thing that was affecting us most was 
high gas prices on the Ethereum network. Now, I know when we're speaking about NFTs, there are countless different blockchains and networks and different ways of doing things. So not everything is centric around Ethereum. I know I started on Wax, I moved over to Solana, and then I finally came over to ETH. As a matter of fact, I think I even went to Tezos before I went to ETH. And once I could stomach the gas prices, I came over here and for much of the last year or so, it has been tolerable. Getting transactions off for a couple dollars here and there, especially if you're doing this Friday, Saturday night over the weekends, sometimes you could transfer NFTs for as little as a dollar, which was great. I love that. And that's how I was moving them to my hardware wallet and so forth. And just doing all sorts of fun transactions, buying certain things that I might necessarily not have looked at when gas prices were costing $100 worth of ETH. Well, when it's only a couple dollars, it's a lot more attractive. Well, anyways, what we saw over the last three weeks is that prices shot up. We're seeing prices above 100 guay and as much as even two, 300 at times. Like what the heck is going on? But then if you go over to OpenSea or Blur or any of these marketplaces that you're seeing that there's not a lot of activity. In fact, prices are falling. What is going on? And that's because meme coins is what has taken all the attention. And the low volume in NFT is directly correlated with these high gas prices and these meme coins such as Pepe, P-E-P-E, and countless others, but that one is the most popular because Pepe the Frog is just part of internet culture, not even just a part of crypto and NFTs, but anyone that really has been on the internet within the last, I don't know, say 10 years, has seen Pepe. Like, there's no way around him. So this Pepe coin was very viral and it absolutely tore up the whole DGEN community and everyone went into that thing. Now, as far as what you can see, the amount of transactions are absolutely ridiculous. And over 80% of the transactions on ETH right now are actually from swaps. Well, so I'm talking about Uniswap, SushiSwap, MetaMask, and any kind of DeFi protocol or DAP that is allowing people to swap in and out of various tokens, not just sitting in ETH, but then going into these meme coins and so forth. That is all happening on the Ethereum network. So because of that, it is absolutely crazy. Very small percentage of these transactions that are going through on the network are actually NFTs. So you might see the high gas price and say, oh, wow, this reminds me of the bull market when everyone was rushing to mint the latest and greatest NFT. Well, that is not the case today. Everyone, when I say everyone, I mean the DGENs, the attention, the Twitter community, and everyone that's really flocking around to the next hot thing. Well, it is all on these meme coins. It is all in DeFi, and people are doing all these swaps and what have you, and that's where the attention goes. And to give you some perspective as to how much it is, I'm going to actually link to this tweet. And this was a tweet that was put out by Crypto Kalo. And it broke it down pretty beautifully that it has been at the point of this tweet going out, which was a few days ago, 231 days. So it's a little bit more now since the merge. And since then, 152,000 ETH has been burned. And that's what's burned in those transactions, what have you, gas fees and so forth for these validators and everything going through. But during the last seven days, 31.7 thousand ETH has been burned. So we're talking around 21% of the total burn post-merge has taken place in less than 3% or so of the days. So that is absolutely breathtaking. And as I said, the majority of that has been 
in these meme coins, swapping back and forth. Everyone's trying to make their bucks here and there, just going back and forth, trying to find an arbitrage, trying to buy low, sell high, and just riding the wave. And of course, each one of those swaps, each one of those transactions has to be committed on the blockchain, and it is going to take gas. Hence, high gas prices. Lots of swaps, lots of people doing it equals high gas prices. So what is the impact on the NFT community? Why is this even like a thing? This is not a DeFi podcast. That is not something I'm even into. That's not my jam. And if it were not for my friends trying to get me into crypto with these uh, quick swap opportunities and trying to ride things to the moon within a couple of days, I would have been in much earlier. I am not one who is chasing quick riches and what have you. The whole premise of this podcast, everything I speak about is building real life value, seeing this technology, using it, implementing it into real businesses and what have you. So as far as what's going on, how it's impacting the NFT community, now that is something that I care about because at the end of the day, that impacts me. That impacts my interest and what I'm trying to build, what I'm trying to do, and the conversations that I'm having with people that are also doing the same thing. First and foremost, as that DGEN attention shifts over to DeFi, there is a lot less attention within the NFT space. So naturally, they're going to pull their liquidity out of NFTs. And how this can manifest itself is, of course, supply and demand. Less people wanting to buy NFTs equals falling prices. But not just that, the people that are seeing that, okay, you know what? Rather than holding, say, the Yuga Labs NFTs, the Moonbirds, the Doodles, those blue chip ones, it would make sense for me to sell them at a lower price today in order to use that liquidity, get that ETH as quick as possible and bring it into DeFi. Start getting Pepe coins and every other coin and flipping back and forth into these poo-poo coins or uh, meme coins or whatever you want to call them. And you can make, say, 10, 15, 20% in a trade rather than hoping that a board ape goes up 10% in a week, which is absolutely crazy anyways, because when you're talking about the stock market, talking about a return, we're talking on average, the stock market, you know, if you have it in like a broad index fund, not just individual stocks, but I'm talking about the stock market as a whole, the US stock market anyways, we're talking about 7% or so is what it is going up in value each year. So in theory, you're going to double your money about every seven years or so. So if you're someone who is fairly young, say your 20s or your 30s, and you can have your money in there for 49 years, you're talking about doubling it seven times over. So that is how a lot of people have gotten wealthy over the years. But with NFTs, with meme coins, and with DeFi and all this stuff, we're talking about 7% in a minute. The volatility of crypto and crypto assets is absolutely ridiculous compared to traditional finance. So that is why it is very attractive. And a lot of people are gambling. There's just no other way around it. They're putting it into these different coins and hoping it gives them a huge return very quickly. It is a dangerous game. It is win big, but also lose big. And unfortunately, by the time content creators such as myself start to talk about these things and start posting it on Twitter and what have you, then the wave is probably over. You know, the majority of the profits to be made are going to be made already. Before it really hits the news cycle, people start making content about it and what have you. And anyone that really buys in late are unfortunately, the suckers. They are the liquidity for the people that got into it early, the ones who started the trend, and they are just being the exit, the exit liquidity, if you will. So a lot of people have been buying Pepe and other meme coins at the top and just getting completely wrecked. Okay, put a dollar in, it turns into two. Okay, well, let me put $2 in. Let me put $10 in. You know what? Why play small? Let me put 
$3,000 in and expect to get a massive return. And then guess what? By then, it's absolutely all over. And that $3,000 quickly falls to $500 and people are selling at a loss. So that way they don't lose their full money. That is what's happening with DeFi. That's what happens with any bubble, with anything that really doesn't have any legs to it. Substantial value. We saw that earlier with the peak bull market of the NFT craze. People not really understanding, just hoping for the best, putting way more money into things than they're actually valued. Well, that's what's happening right now. And that is a cycle. This sort of thing happens all the time. But now that it's actually competing with that, what we're seeing is it's not just affecting the DGENs that are pulling out their liquidity from NFTs and moving over. It's also affecting the people that are within the NFT community that might be someone who's like me. And it's like, you know what? I'm not really interested in the various uh, meme coins. I don't want to put my money there. I want to keep it into things that I either enjoy, understand, or personally have value in. And you could see this if you just look over on any of these NFT marketplaces, whichever one's your favorite one, look at your favorite collection. You can see some deals right now. Some things are just absolutely very low price and you might be tempted to get them. But then when you go to commit the transaction, you're going to see the ridiculous gas price and whatever savings that you thought you were going to have when you made that purchase will be negated by the high gas prices. So just imagine, you see your favorite NFT collection. They have some tokens on the floor that you absolutely love and they're at 0.025 ETH, right? You're excited because a couple months ago, they were trading at 0.1 ETH, 0.2 ETH. So you're saying, hey, let me get a great bargain right now. But then you go to make that transaction. And guess what? The gas prices is way more than what the selling price is. So guess what you're going to do? You're going to cancel it. In most cases, you're not going to make that purchase. So as a result, even though the floor price is ridiculously low and people are lowering the floor price to make it more enticing to get back their liquidity so that they could go into the Pepe's and all these other coins and what have you, or maybe they're just seeing the falling floor prices and they're panicking and they're trying to unload it quickly, but then there is a huge problem. Guess what? No one's buying with that ridiculous gas price when there's low things. It doesn't affect the Yugas, the Doodles, and all those high-priced blue chip ones as much as it's going to affect, let's say, the Chibi Labs that I'm very fond of. Right now, you can see Chibis for well below 0.05 ETH, but guess what? The gas prices are so high, so they're not even selling. They weren't very fast moving to begin with, but when the gas prices are so high, you're still not going to buy them. I see quite a few that I'm like, wow, I can't believe this is on the floor for this price, but guess what? I'm not going to make that purchase simply because once you add in the gas price, it pushes back up the price. So, how does this affect the broader community? People that are creating different things have to look and analyze and say, you know what? ETH was probably the better option to release on, let's say, even three months ago, three, not three months ago, three weeks ago when gas prices were much lower. People already had their MetaMask or their Ledger or whatever it is already set up. So it's just easy. They don't have to add another network such as Polygon. They don't have to get the Matic token. They can just go mint, get their NFTs whatever it is, do everything on ETH, mainnet, and it's just an easy ask. There's no tech that has to be taught and so forth. But now with gas prices being so high, unless you're selling a very high priced NFT, let's say some luxury experience, some membership to some uh, golf course or something crazy like that, it doesn't make sense. So a few episodes ago, I spoke about my experience with Manifold and how I set up that creator contract and I was looking at various NFTs. Well, the price point that I was looking at for a couple of those uh, NFTs, I, I don't know if I was going to release them all at that price, but it's going to be 0.01 ETH. 
But when I look at it, I'm like, well, 0.01 ETH, that is way, way, way below whatever gas price anyone would possibly be paying. So it's basically like a free mint, right? The gas price is way more expensive than it. But then I start to say, all right, you know what? It would make more sense for me to do this thing on Polygon, right? But then, of course, there's that whole thing. There's going to be a little bit more tech. People are going to have to get that Polygon network on there. It's going to be Matic. Not to mention that Manifold only has the mainnet Ethereum within its dashboard. So then I'm going to have to go over, look at something like a third web. Third web has different tools and creator tools and such for Polygon, Solana, and so forth. So that was where I would have to basically, rather than using the Manifold contract, just starting from scratch again, using Polygon, maybe at a later date, using that Manifold one for something else. Either way, it was a learning experience setting that up. I did a great review on that. I totally enjoyed doing that. And I would still recommend Manifold. However, depending what you are doing, of course, in that episode, I speak about the various things who I think Manifold is for. But now I have to put that little disclaimer in there as well, that it also is a matter of price. Price is also important. Does it make sense to have it on the mainnet Ethereum? If it's, let's just say, a $2 NFT, I'm just using that as a nice, easy, simple number. It does not make sense to put it on Ethereum because the gas prices might be $50. And, you know, it just, especially when you're going on the marketplace, it just doesn't make sense. So who's the winner in this whole thing? Of course, the DGENs that have made their profits early on those meme coins. Okay, they won. But as far as the greater system, the side chains, if you will, the layer twos, the polygons of the world, I think they're the ones who are going to really win and benefit in this because a lot of attention is going to shift over there, depending what it is, some apps that are being put up how you're going to uh, interact with it. If it's something that requires quite a few transactions, especially at a very low cost, it doesn't make sense to put it on Ethereum. It might be the easier lift for the user because they already have that installed. However, once you get the finances involved, it does not make sense to put it on the main net. But this is not a loss for the Ethereum network because Polygon and those other ones are actually built on top of the Ethereum network anyways. So let's just say the attention shifts over to Polygon, people that are building real things. I'm not talking about the DGENs. The DGENs are just going to go wherever the money is. But I'm talking about someone who is, let's say, building an app that integrates different NFTs, such as what I was uh, speaking about, Boomin, uh, one of the amazing teams that I met over at NFT Miami. And that's something I'm going to integrate down the line with this podcast. It's it's in testing right now. They're working out some things. But long story short, it is like Shazam, where you can identify a track, but at the same time, you can then mint NFTs. A very cool concept. It is being worked out right now. But that is actually on Polygon, something like that, where you're going to be minting a lot of audio files. That does not make sense to put that on the main net Ethereum. Not to mention, it's going to be very expensive for both parties. Just not feasible at all. So once they decide to put that on Polygon, other people that are building amazing things are going to put it on Polygon or wherever else. It just makes more sense. So you think that that's going to pull away from Ethereum? Nope, because it is built on Ethereum. It still makes a bullish case for Ether because, of course, that is going to be the gas on Ethereum and the whole Ethereum ecosystem because these different ones are using the EVM. The EVM is Ethereum Virtual Machine. I did an entire episode on that as well. So if you search the catalog, you can find uh, what is that, how that's all explained. But that is why Polygon and all these different chains, they have compatible smart contracts is because they're running EVM compatible code, meaning that they all can run the same type of code. Now, in summary, 
I know I might have presented this thing as meme coins or killing NFTs, but they are two different things. The attention is actually shifting. The liquidity is shifting. And as a result in the popularity of the rising value and interest in these meme coins during this particular season because everything happens in cycles. So during this season, meme coins are winning. And as a result, NFTs are being beat up. And the shame of this whole thing is that a lot of these NFTs that are coming out right now and these projects are really reinventing themselves and figuring out ways to legitimize their use of this technology. But because the transactions and the interest and everything, especially on the Ethereum network, again, I know there's multiple network, but the major interest and as far as where the dollars are being committed is on the Ethereum network. But because of that, there is a, I guess you would say, a withdrawal of interest and a withdrawal of funds from Ethereum and those NFTs. But in the long run, I know this is painful right now, looking short term and seeing these high gas prices, and it's just making us put back our wallets in our pockets, figuratively speaking, of course, because we're not talking about our leather billfolds or steel or whatever you have like myself. We're talking about you know our digital wallets, our ledgers and our MetaMasks and so forth. We're, we're putting them back up. We're locking them up. But at the end of the day, I think in the long run, these things are actually going to help this community because more people are going to say, you know what, it's just not feasible to necessarily put this stuff on Ethereum. So as painful as it is, I kind of am excited that people are going to have to look more on the other chains. And I think that is a good thing as a whole. I don't think it is great that we had all of our eggs in the basket of Ethereum for the most part, but as we diversify, as we build elsewhere where it makes more sense and not just directing everyone, go over to Ethereum because that's where the attention is. I think it just makes more sense to build wherever it makes the most sense. And I think that's the direction that we're going in right now. So as we're going forward, love to hear your feedback, especially if you are one that was a little shell shock with what's going on over on Ethereum. Well, hopefully I gave a clear explanation as to what's going on. Spark some thoughts in your head. Love to hear your feedback, your thoughts, your comments. Please feel free to reach out to me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter. But as usual, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we are learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.